You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Lord came, a shining light in a dark world. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these moments that we have together to uh, look into your word and understand the light has come. His name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, the incarnation, Christ giving up so much, laying down what he had so that he could come. Fathers, reflect in your word for a few moments tonight. We pray that you would do a work in our hearts. And Father, as we hear your word, give us minds that we would understand it, ears to hear carefully, and then Lord, a passion, a passion to take what we hear and live it out. And not for our fame, but for the fame of the one who came. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, we pray these things. Amen. Well, it's Christmas Eve. You have to imagine what's going on, especially uh, for Mary and Joseph. Our text that we're looking at tonight is actually from John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. They didn't know it would be called Christmas Eve, uh, Mary and Joseph, but the Lord Jesus Christ is, he's going to be presented. He's coming. He's going to be born tonight. He's going to be laid in a manger. And you have to imagine what must have been going on for them. What's going on for Mary and Joseph if they're thinking about this one who would be presented. Mary and the uh, probable disappointment that she was thinking of, well, we've made this trip from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, and there's nowhere for me to stay. And Joseph must have been feeling like a failure as they've made this journey together, and they find themselves in a stable. I wonder if Mary, as she's thinking about Emmanuel, God with us, this incarnation presented, I wonder if she thought back to what was told to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and we we call the Son of the Most High. It's Christmas Eve. She might already be in labor. And whether she's remembering all these things or not, Christ will come. And as I said, there's Joseph, and he wanted to put her away privately when he found out that she was pregnant. But he got a vision. He had a dream. And in the dream, he was told not to do that because God was in this. God was working in all of this. And I wonder if he remembered these words as Christ is being presented She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people 
from their sins. The light, Emmanuel, is come. And they call his name Jesus. He would come, but he would be rejected. In uh, Isaiah 53, Isaiah the prophet wrote, he was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, uh, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we, we esteemed him not. In John chapter nine, uh, 1, verses uh, uh, 10 and 11, it says, he was in the world. And although the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Even as Christ would be born, the Savior who would come, the baby in the manger, even at that stage, he would be rejected. It wasn't long after the birth of Christ that the wise men showed up in Jerusalem. Uh, that's where they went. They thought there's a king born. Obviously, he would be in, um, in Jerusalem. And so they go and they meet with Herod. And Herod tells them, uh, you'll find the baby. You'll find him in Bethlehem. They, and then come back and give me a report. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. The Lord Jesus Christ, even as a little child, was rejected. But the Lord Jesus Christ was rejected all the way through his life and ultimately the rejection led to him dying on a cross. See, the purpose of the incarnation, the purpose of Emmanuel, God with us, is not so we can have cute little uh, Christmas Eve services and then go home and have eggnog and then in the morning open up all our presents and get sick on turkey. That's not the purpose of Christmas, right? That's not why Jesus came. The Lord Jesus Christ came so that he could die. The purpose of his coming was for the preparation for his dying. And people have all kinds of excuses and all kinds of reasons of why they reject the Lord Jesus. Herod did. All the people all the way through Christ's life did. The Romans did. The Jews did. They, they judged him and they rejected him the savior of the earth. But people today still reject Christ. And they have some reasons for doing that. Um, some think they don't need a savior. Well, what's all this stuff about Jesus? What do, I, what do I need a savior for? Now, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Why do you need a savior? Because we're all gonna stand before God one day and give an account. But people go, I don't, I don't need a savior. I'm, I'm okay, I'm doing fine. I, I checked my bank account, it's okay. I got all the stuff I want. I don't need a savior. I'm good enough. I do what I need to do. Would you just leave the savior thing alone? Hey, what you do with Jesus is everything. And so even as you come to Christmas, you need to decide, what will I do with Jesus? And some people reject Christ because they think, I don't need 
a savior. Some people reject Christ because of the fear of a rejection or even persecution. And we see that around the world where people who make their faith in Christ known are being persecuted, some even giving their lives. And I don't hear that happening much around here. I mean, if you don't hear that happening at all. And so what happens around here is like, well, I might be rejected. The, my coworkers will think I'm some kind of a nerd for sure if I trust Jesus Christ. If I put my faith in him, I'm going to be rejected by my coworkers. Some of my friends aren't going to hang out with me anymore. My family going to think I've gone over to Lululand. It's just, I'm not ready to trust Christ. I'm going to reject him because I don't want to be rejected. Some people reject Christ because what the world offers to you right now is more appealing than what Christ offers to you. Because when you think about what Christ offers for you outside of Christ, it's like, well, wait a minute, now I'm going to have to go to church and um, they're probably going to want me to do stuff. And, but, but I got my weekends free and, and we have a cottage and we have an extra car and we have all this stuff and I want all that stuff. And, and the big hurdle for you coming to Christ is that you want your stuff. You want what you have you want your education. You want your status more than you want a savior. The fourth reason people re- reject Christ is they're simply resisting God's working and drawing them. Uh, some of you have been in this room before and you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ or a friend has shared with you the good news of what Christ came for and why he came. And, and you reject Christ And you're just resisting. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Today is the day. Stop resisting. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ and and you can be saved. Well, Christ came and he was presented. Christ came and he was rejected, but some received him. Some received him. In verse 12 of John chapter one, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Did you hear that? To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here's a great question. How do you get to be called a child of God? How do you get to be called a child of God? It's not by your mom's faith. It's not by your grandma's prayers, although those things are amazing and are encouraging and are a huge blessing to any of you who are in the room who've had people who've prayed for you and been faithful to you, but they can't save you. You can't become a child of God. You're not a child of God because you grew up in a family that went to church or believed the Bible. I can't make you a child of God. Some days I wish I could. But that's not for me to do. As a matter of fact, you can't even make yourself a child of God. You're a child of God because God calls you. God sent his son. God made salvation possible for you. And all you can do is receive the gift. But as many as received him, that's how God does it. We receive Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, the Bible says. 
Tonight, as we think about why Christ came and the whole purpose of his coming was so that he could die on a cross so that he could pay a price so that you could have eternal life. That's why he came. And so I just want to break it down to three R's tonight. Three R's. If you remember these, you can remember what it's all about, what Jesus Christ was all about, why he came. Here's the first R. The first R is recognition or recognize. We need to recognize our sin and the consequences of it. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some, not a few, not just the evil people who shoot people. And no, all, all have sinned. There's none righteous, not even one. The pastors, not righteous in himself. The staff are not righteous in themselves. You are not righteous in yourself. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the three R's about salvation, the first thing is to understand that I'm guilty. And as a result of my guilt, I deserve to die. Adam and Eve in the garden, when they sinned, the serpent said, you will not surely die. And they ate of the fruit, and physically they didn't die, but spiritually they did. And the whole work of salvation began at that place uh, through the sacrifices being a picture of all that had to happen so that Christ could come ultimately and die for us. Because I deserve to die. Romans 6 says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is Christmas so important? Why is a recognition of my sin and its consequences so important? Hebrews says this, and just as disappointed to man to die once, after that comes the judgment. We're all going to stand before God one day. And there's really only one question you have to answer. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. I can't save myself. My good works just aren't good enough. It's by grace alone. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, It's a gift that comes from God. It's not of works so that no one can boast. If I could work my way to heaven, if I could get good enough to go to heaven, I'd be standing up here going, people, watch me. Woo-hoo, look what I can do. I made it on my own. It's not of works. It's all a gift. And tomorrow or tonight or sometime in the next few days, most of you are going to sit around a room or, or get with some people and you're going to have gifts given and you're going to exchange gifts. And it's cool to, to see that and to be a part of that. And I love that. But you have to receive the gift. You have to receive the gift. If you, if you just leave it under the tree and you never open it, you never receive the gift. And the person who gave you the gift, they went and they had the expense to get the gift and, and get it all set for you. And God did all of that. And he offers to you the gift, Jesus Christ. You have to receive the gift because your works can never save you. The first R is recognition. Recognize the sin and its consequences. The, the second R is repentance. Not a very popular word in our world today because it, it means I take ownership of my sin. We acknowledge our sin. Repentance is a picture of I'm going in this direction, wanting what I want and doing what I want, and I'm going to turn and I'm going to go in a new direction because of who Jesus Christ is and his claim on my life and what he has done for me. 
And that's repentance. Recognize you're a sinner. Repent. And then here's the cool part. Receive. Receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. By faith. Believe and receive. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't mean you just say Jesus singing in a song. You, you could have been here going, well, I just, I called on the name. I said Jesus a few times. Away. It's not talking about that. It's, calling, it's believing in, putting your faith in, realizing what he did and trusting in that. And when you stand before God and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? You're like, well, you know, I was a good guy. I tried hard and I went to church and I even sang some Jesus songs. I never knew you. Why should I let you into my heaven? Because I'm with him. Because I believe in Jesus. Because of what he did for me. What he accomplished for me. I put my faith and trust in Christ alone. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Jesus did it all for me. Do you want to be saved tonight? If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, you've been putting it off, you've been pushing against it, you've been fighting it, you've been understand, recognize that your sin separates you from God. Repent and receive the gift of Jesus Christ. Well, another thing that happens in this text and it happened at Christmas is they worshiped him. In Luke chapter two and verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And in Matthew 2, 11, and going into the house, this is the wise men, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasure, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. In, in verse 14 of John chapter one, it says, and the word became flesh among us. And we have beheld his glory. The glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ became flesh, the eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, infinite, holy son of God, took on a human nature and lived among human people so that he could die, so that we could have life. The word became flesh at Christmas and dwelt among us Jesus Christ didn't become Lord somewhere along the way to the cross. Jesus Christ was Lord before eternity. In the beginning, God, in the beginning was the Word. We saw it last weekend. In the beginning was the Word. When Jesus Christ was born in a manger, he was already the Lord. He was already the King. He was already the Messiah. A lot of things would show themselves out. But the Word, God, became flesh. And then it says he dwelt among us. It, it literally means he pitched his tent here. God gave up all that he had. He pitched his tent among us so that we could have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And what should we do? We should fall on our faces and worship him as it were. We should give glory to God for who he is and what he has done. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Well, so what? So what? 
This is an amazing season. The next few days, I look forward to them. I wish there was a little bit of snow because apparently there's supposed to be snow at Christmas. But it's an amazing season. It's a season that's about the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ the Lord. And the question everyone in the room has to answer is, what will I do with Jesus? In light of what I've heard tonight, in light of what I know, what will I do with Jesus? If you've never trusted Christ, believe and you will be saved. Follower of Jesus Christ, step back and take a moment and in awe and wonder, consider all that the Lord Jesus has done for us. It's an amazing season. Christ the Lord has come to you. What will you do with him? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. So much we've heard tonight. So much we have sung. So much to take in and understand. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Christ, the anointed one. Lord, the King. We call him Jesus because he is the savior of the world. He is the one who's come to save us from our sins or has saved us from our sins. Father, your name, your name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And so this Christmas, Lord, what will we do with the one who gave his life for us, the one we call Jesus. Give us a passion to know him more, to serve him better. And the one who's here who's never trusted Christ, to in simple faith, trust Jesus tonight. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.